Jordan's subjective. Jordan's subjective. Jordan's subjective. Jordan's subjective perspective. And we're rolling. We're good. Awesome. Went started off with a hike, and now we're here. Yeah, it's crazy day yesterday. Yeah, like ten miles. Beautiful Tim. experience. Tim tricked us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did that in Colorado. <laughs> really? And uh yeah, I, I realized his one mile equals four miles and uh yeah, I think we kind of noticed that yesterday as well. Point seven. I I genuinely believe we had point seven to go and then <laughs> me and fucking Bodri walked like <laughs> two, two miles, miles and probably. Said, yeah. And then we're we're literally like, It's flat. We're good. Like we gotta be getting close. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> that bad until it like until it got pitch black, and then like you couldn't see anything, and then that's when yeah. things started getting literally weird. walking up like a mountain. Because yeah. I was like right behind you, and mm-hmm. I had to just watch what you what kind of steps you took and just copy them. Otherwise, like I couldn't see right under me. Like I would have to just like visualize like what you were doing. Yeah, right. Because like yeah. you can only see right where the light is. Otherwise, nearly ate shit twice, <laughs> chipping <laughs> off like a root. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> falling down the mountain but hey oh that'd be the worst yeah tim was kind of like our tour guide yeah he He definitely gave me a tour guide appeal man he just keeps going i don't know what's in him but i i started walking like i started just going for stride length it reminded me of like i'm like what would a dinosaur do or like what would those those fucking (laughs) things in uh star wars like those things that they're like camels almost they like walk across i was kind of like imagining those i'm like i'm going for length Doing legs didn't help two days ago for sure. That really burned me out. <laughs> I feel like just lower core and like yeah. legs and butt Definitely and everything. Yeah. Straighten that backpack too. I think after we were done, it felt felt pretty good. I felt good until Tim was flying home on the Dude. way home. <laughs> I was in the front seat. And that's why I didn't fall asleep in the beginning. Uh-huh. I was just like, holy crap! Like I thought I drove fast, you know. And then this guy's driving like eighty on thirty, mm-hmm. like on these farm roads, laughing at us, thinking like that it's funny. <laughs> you know, like dude, like felt yeah. like it was a roller coaster. Cause like yeah, cause it was like it was they would say like thirty five mile an hour turns. Actually, if you could pull that up a little bit closer, yeah. Uh, if it, so, they were saying like thirty five mile an hour turns, and he's hit them at like. 50, 60. Yeah. yeah, and then he started going, like, 65, 70, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, slow down. I think the more we, like, mention it, he thought, like, we were more, like, like pushing him to go faster, and we were kind of, like, joking, hinting, like, yo, maybe slow down. <laughs> he was like, ah, <laughs> pace even more. <laughs> you guys aren't used to this. <laughs> Let me get this even faster. You. Step post hike adrenaline. I was oh, feeling yeah. it, too. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. Like, I was actually enjoying it. It was awesome. Man. You looked over at me at one point. You're like, Jordan, are you all right? I'm like, I'm scared of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the backseat must have been fun. I literally, like, accepted my death. Like, I'm like, this might be how I go out. Yeah. I was wondering why he made everyone wear seatbelts. Like, the back, too. Like, I'm uh-huh. cool with seatbelts and all, but, like, I've never really met really someone that, may, like, makes you wear them in the back. Maybe sometimes, like, moms, grandmas, mm. like, all sorts of that's so why I call him Uncle Tim. Uncle Tim. <laughs> Before he started the drive, he goes like and, and like draws the cross on the steering wheel. I'm like, oh my god. I mean, I does get he really? This. He literally goes like this on the steering wheel. I'm like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> Lord help us. <laughs> Lord be with this car. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going fast <laughs> regardless. I'm, go. <laughs> I'm certainly probably gonna go next week again. Really? Yeah. Same one, like seventh time again. Oh yeah, God. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna hit the goat trail. Remember that scenic uh, point we went to? Uh huh. Yeah. One, then from there hit Hemet and Hollow. Oh, the the waterfall then. Yeah. Okay, absolutely, I don't know. absolutely. I feel like if I was to go there again, I wouldn't do both. Like I'd just do one, you know, four or five miles. That was a, that was a lot of hiking. That was yeah. too much. I mean, I don't. It was cool. It was adventurous. The water part was cool, but like, that just, was not comfortable just, at all. Just like, the last part, I think, was very very strenuous. Yeah, because like, we were done stairs. for and it was dark, which is all good. I think we just could have prepared more, left early. The water and on, the water and on, it got hard. The water was. I mean, the water was fine in the beginning when it was just sandy, and then when it got into, like, big-ass rocks and we didn't have water shoes, mm-hmm. just stepping in between them, falling. You're, like, guessing, too. And you best is just throwing rocks at me, whoever it was. <laughs> wasn't me. wasn't me. That's karma. <laughs> Sounds like it was you. Yeah, th- I got the big one. Like you. Someone threw it, and I nearly fell. Who's this? That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Good times. I just, I love, I love that, I don't know, just that state of mind of, like, getting up that hill and, like, because that was, like, a real struggle. That was, like, the most, like, physical, physically enduring struggle with, like, a reward at the end that I've experienced in a while. Yeah. And that was just that. that, in general? Yeah. Like, that delayed gratification, like, and to get away, like, it was really important, I feel. That's what I love about hiking. It's not the, the way, you know, it takes, you know, it's very hard, but, like, the thing you reach at the end. That's the reward, and I, that's what I strive for. That's what I love. <laughs> like, sitting down in that car was like, I've never been so grateful to just sit in a car, you yeah. know? Yeah. Head home. Like cool breeze. Not oh, perfect. <laughs> that was awesome. We're doing Colorado, right? First week. We should. We should. Yeah, we're planning. We're thinking about going to Colorado. Go to Colorado. First week of July. We're going to find some cool places to hike there. How, how far are we from Colorado here? Maybe 10 hours. Okay, it's not too bad. Have you guys been a lot? Three times a year. It's probably my favorite state. Yeah, it's it's my favorite state. Yeah. I think it it has it's gonna be everyone's. I mean, it should be everyone's favorite state. Not just for like the fact that um, all the freedoms, but it's more like I think the people there are so like nice and laid back. But how so? I don't know. Everyone I've met there was just genuinely like down to earth in a way. Like they they don't hold any kind of grudge in any in any form. Like they're just all chill. Really? I mean that's very vague, but yeah, I feel like even in the street, anyone you meet, any server at a restaurant, any taxi or Uber driver, anyone at the airport, from the moment you get there, they're just cool. I wonder if like the people that move there, they're kind of like immigrants from other states that like have this this desire to be out in the mountains and usually people that like yeah. the mountains are really I mean, relaxed I think a chill big people part of it is like that but i think also like colorado natives are, are pretty cool like you know they're open to others coming in okay. and, like living there visiting the place whatever it is i wonder if it's like the fact that they get to reconnect with nature so often and they're yeah. just like they're just think, that relaxes yeah. them that keeps them grounded that's true it's, it's the clean think, air man mm-hmm. that has a good effect you know very positive effect on your mentality mm. i think it's very important that's why i love Colorado. honestly <laughs> just being able to get out of your house and having like a view of a mountain rather than like a, a city or a metropolitan like area mm-hmm. 
makes a difference, like different vibe to your day. You know, it's also like you can always get like find a getaway like in in thirty minutes there. You don't have to like travel. I, I know a girl that like lives there or, like, grew up there. She said you can get anywhere in the state within five hours. Yeah, that, too. I mean, I mean, Colorado's, mm-hmm. like, a square in a way, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> Wait, the, in the middle, like, everything's fine. The way I said five hours there, I was like, five hours. Like, is that is that the, the – is that what you were talking about yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I mean, said I have the surfer – I'm, I'm going to call him out in this, in this okay. session. Okay. If, yeah, if I do it, just, like, <laughs> just say it. Just cool, say it. Cool. Kill, 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 I think when whenever we go to Colorado, we should go a little west of the Rockies. There's a lot of cool caves and deserty landscapes there. I did not think there y- you could find these dunes. Like when you went like a couple of weeks ago, I was yeah. pretty impressed. He went yeah. to this this place where there was like he's been there, literally sand dunes, and then you look like in the distance, and there's mountains, and then you look in the distance, there's yeah. like a water body. And I'm just like I, I've been there, but I don't remember the water body. You have to go deeper into the into the park. Oh, really? Like I I didn't. I don't dunes. know exactly, but he yeah. took like a few Snapchat like stories of it, and I was like, I would see a dune and then a mountain and then water within an hour time lapse, and I'm like, that's what awesome. Kind of landscape yeah. adds that. We literally hit a blizzard right like an hour after leaving the dunes. <laughs> yeah, it's everything. Yeah, Breckenridge. Besides the ocean, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There were oasis too. I'm pretty sure, like deeper. And you went in the summer. Uh, you mean when I went? Uh huh. This was like three weeks ago. Oh, and you hit a blizzard. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't in that area, but like we're going a little north, and yeah. What are What are Colorado winters like? Are they pretty harsh? Pretty sure. Never been there in the winter, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I I usually go in the summer. I think Colorado's weather is misunderstood by a lot of people. I, like, you know, Colorado has, like, crazy elevations in the mountains, but mm-hmm. on, like, your more flatter, lower elevated land, like Denver or whatever, I think it's pretty normal. Like, mm-hmm. if you go, like, it's not going to be, like, randomly snowing in, in the random time of the year. It could be, like, super nice, sunny, beautiful day. Go up, like, a 10, 10K, like, footer, yeah. uh-huh. and it's, like, snowing up there, which okay. is normal. Yeah. 13 and 14. But, like... It's actually like super nice the weather there. It's not like ridiculous, you know, like right. It's not like Missouri, you know. You're so people equate like that like being at high elevation yeah. in the summertime. They're like, oh, it's snowing there. It's that's snowing, crazy. Yeah, okay. Like, it's not right. I don't want to do that, bro. Something that's interesting about this year is that they had a longer snow season because we were supposed to do Long's Peak in Colorado. It was like a fourteener, and we couldn't do that because of like there was hella snow there, like probably to. Probably to our shoulders. I don't know. But there's, like, a snowstorm, like, every every other day, so we couldn't do that. Oh, That's wow. why we went to the sand, Great Sand Dunes down south and made our way up, did a, a few hikes on the way. Mm-hmm. And it was still a good experience. But I would like to hit Long's Peak sometime. It's That's crazy. That's just a weird thought. It's really counterintuitive to us, like, to think, like, just a few states over, it's snowing just yeah. because of the elevation. Yeah. In the fucking summertime. That's crazy. That's right. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Have you been uh have you been around like the states, like different states to uh, I've been like, more west. <laughs> if you say you've been west. Mm-hmm. I think west is like I mean where it's at when it comes to outdoors and stuff. For sure. It, it does like, see that no way. No question. Like west and north maybe. 
Northwest. Even Northwest, too. Yeah, Northwest, like Northwest, for sure. Like Montana and them, too. I've heard really cool yeah. things. That's a place Montana I would love to go. Yeah. I, I've missed out on Montana, oh but I think God. I need to go. Then Wyoming, Yellowstone. Yeah. That would be really yeah, cool. For sure. I think Grand Teton's over Yellowstone. Wait, where's that? It's in the Wyoming. It's like <laughs> those really pointy mountains. Uh, it's, I think, a little west of Jackson Hole. Uh-huh. It's like a very famous city where all the celebrities and stuff have their houses and property whatever yeah, no and shit. Yellowstone's, i believe a little north to it I, f- I feel yellowstone's very crowded overcrowded because of, you know tourists and stuff okay but uh, grand teton's more uh, isolated and more natural in, in its own way i feel like yeah it's kind of shitty that a really beautiful place could get ruined by tourists like yeah. to some extent it, it takes away and I was there two yeah. years ago, and I saw so many Chinese there. Like, I've never seen so many Chinese people in my life. There? <laughs> yeah, in Yellowstone. For, for, like, hiking? Like, just, like, it wasn't hiking. It was, like, Squatching. going to the park, you know, stopping on the roadside, taking pictures. I've never seen that many Chinese people yeah. in my life. Really? Awesome. Yeah, and I think they bring a lot of tourism money here. Okay. Parks. And that, that it probably is, like, one of the most popular yeah, places in I this country. I feel like tourism, yeah. though, in America in general, doesn't doesn't bring a negative aspect to it. Like, it doesn't ruin uh, the place. As, like, as opposed to, like, tourism, let's say, in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Like, tourism there, like, is taken advantage of, in a way, from from where, like, the people that uh, control it or, you know, host it start, like, doing all sorts of things just for tourism. And they forget the fact that, like, they got it take care of like the environment or the place in general for the people like that actually are locals so they just like sell it out just for tourism oh really yeah yeah, yeah. a lot of like like particular countries or um yeah you could say so you know where it's like a tourist attraction site it becomes like just for tourists you know in a way that's what they care about you know just the money that tourists bring in so okay okay yeah they take advantage of all sorts of things there and they take advantage of the tourists themselves. <laughs> I've heard Egypt gets that <laughs> yeah, way as well. I was well. gonna mention Egypt right away, like like the pyramids, for uh-huh. an example. Like, I mean, the pyramids right now are just like a tourist site, <laughs> less historic, less monumental. Like, you just go there, and it's like people start taking care of you from the moment you step in, like the premises. Like the whole economy is based yes, around that. Like, yeah. Oh, like especially if you can like look like a tourist, you know white or something <laughs> i couldn't imagine living <laughs> in a tourist town this yeah. camel ride's gonna be like a hundred more <laughs> more times expensive than like That's yeah it. it's funny but Economy yeah i think here tourism is i think it's taken care of pretty well I think it depends. I like it. i've never thought about that i've never thought about it like around the world especially like on a, on a place uh a lower income place like yeah. Not even necessarily just the Middle East, just like uh, it's just. I just think the lower income is what makes it like that. Yeah. Really, just because they start seeing income coming in from like tourism, so they're like, oh, okay, let's focus on that. Uh huh. Yeah. And then sell out. It's like exactly. a sellout artist exactly. almost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I guess uh, Dubai is definitely not that way, but I guess they. Well, Dubai is definitely like a tourist like attraction. It's definitely a tourist city, but Dubai holds its standards. I think. In order, right. You know. Because it, it, it's, like, there's more demand than supply there, I think, in Dubai. Like, people always just want to go there. So they don't really care as much whether you come or not. Someone else is going to come. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, I can follow that. I can follow yeah. that. Yeah, they're always building There's new stuff there every year. Whenever I went by, there's always something new. New bridges, new places to, you know, like outdoor malls and stuff like that. And play even like little mall like places Western on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it is it considered a country or a city? City. Okay, a city. Where where is it at? United Arab Emirates. It's uh right next Wait, to Wait, where's that other there's a map right there. Oh, uh it's uh you see the little Saudi Arabia in the middle next to Africa? The, the little Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Actually I got this right. Here. <laughs> the little Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But I've never taken the time to actually like look at where Dubai is on a map. Uh, so Saudi Arabia. Uh huh. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They call it, like, the United Arab Emirates because it's, like, made of seven emirates. I think of them as states. Like, the, each emirate is, like, a state, you know. And so Dubai is one of the states in the emirates. Okay. The Very emirates. tiny. Yeah. So it's it's separate from Iran, Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emirates yeah. is, like, one of the Gulf countries. There's, uh, there's it's like, like a little pointy globe. part. Like this is a really old here. globe, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So all the Gulf countries that are, like, pretty much around the... Okay. It's pretty cool. I don't think. So what? Why is it so new then? Because it wasn't Dubai like creating like was it creating the nineties or something or? So they like I mean there's like the national days I think fifty three years ago that's when they united the okay. Emirates they are, they used to be seven separate like entities so they used to be uh, governed on on their own and then they tribes and stuff. yeah they were just like tribal you know old Bedouin kind of like living in tents in the desert. And then they united, and Abu Dhabi, which is the capital of the United Arab Emirates, mm -hmm. was the like the more powerful, like more controlling uh, state, and it took leadership of the entire like Emirates, the seven of them. Okay. And fifty-three years ago, they united, and then not long after that, they discovered oil. Bam! England comes in. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's where the money came and from. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And England, wow. I mean, England was there the moment that was discovered, and they took care of everything. I mean, took care, as in like yeah, um, took a good share of it and helped develop the country. Period of ten years when they really, really became big from the 1990s to the early 2000s. Yeah. There's like oh, an iconic really? picture online. They they show yeah. you uh, one of the most uh, famous roads in Dubai, Sheikh Zayed Road. And, uh, and that road had one in, skyscraper. Yeah, like there was like one tower in the 1990s, like one, and then all tiny buildings. And that tower, let's just throw a number, had like 10 stories, let's say, and that was the biggest tower. And then everything else was tiny. And then 10, 15 years from there, they took another image, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, from satellite, and that entire road was that was the smallest tower on the road and everything else was like you know 50 Huge. to 100 like stories so it was crazy like seeing the transition within like 10 15 years holy shit yeah yeah and they had the really tall skyscraper t there too the tallest in the world right now oh really yeah they built that in 2008 it took them like six years eight years to build yeah around about isn't it, it has some other record right with cities is it the most expensive city in the world, or is it... No, it's not the most expensive. It's one of the most expensive cities to live. Uh-huh. Singapore. Yeah, Singapore is I mean, it's most. definitely, like, one of the richest cities, you yeah. know, uh -huh. per capita. I mean, each... I don't know. 
Each, every individual there probably possesses a good amount of. I think there's a lot of. Fluctuation. Yeah, in bad. A, very na- I a lot of inequality. In a way, I feel like there's a lot of things they don't talk about, you know, and a lot of things that you see. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, whenever you're Dubai from, like, an American <coughs> standpoint, like, you like you kind of think, like, a very wealthy – you think oil money, wealthy, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. think uh, – Which is, I mean, it's, it's, it's mostly true because the locals, the people that are, you yeah. know, from there mm-hmm. – uh, Originally, they they all like I guess are like well off, pretty well. But off. it also it's a very strong like business port of the world. So you have like a lot of people that you know invest in Dubai because you know it's it's super good for business and and they make a lot of money. You know, foreigners. So you have like people coming from all sorts of countries. It's very diverse there too. You have like all sorts of people there. But you have like really rich people that come in there, start their businesses or invest in something mm-hmm. because it was growing so much. It actually grew exponentially until 2008 and then there was like an economical crash. And oh, then, really? Yeah, and then Dubai was broke, like literally straight up bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And Abu Dhabi, the capital, helped it out. They uh so the president is from Abu Dhabi, the royal family. Uh-huh. Uh, they bought that. One of the things they did to help it out was buy that tallest tower in the world. The it used to be called Burj Dubai, the one that's like pointy. If you've seen it, uh-huh. and then it became called Burj Khalifa. Khalifa is like the name of the president. Oh, okay. Yeah, like he bought it like for like a billion or something, just to help the the government out. Yeah. And they just like uh, you know a bunch of other things like just to get it back on track and then it's back up again yeah but they have a lot of you know world records with in my opinion like silly things like very silly. biggest like mall in the world tallest tower in the world biggest man-made man-made island have you seen palm island is that the the thing that they they literally recreated the world that's oh that's that's, that's the solar city dubai solar no, city no, no, not the solar city there's like the whole earth basically a continent in the ocean so I think oh around Jumeirah. I, I, I think they yeah. separate. They separate like England <laughs> from France. Like they're not actually touching. Because I, I saw a documentary on it. This That's guy crazy. bought this tiny plot of land for like a couple million. It's literally just sand. It's like sand <laughs> that they built in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's residable. But like, there's this. Uh, I think there's like three palm islands that are connected to the city. People have properties there. It's very very expensive to live there and. Uh, I mean, Dubai is pretty much like an island, you know. It's like a peninsula, you peninsula, know. It's yeah. it's like all surrounded by water except like one little spot. Is it man-made? Is it a no, man-made it's island? No, it's not necessarily. It's not really man-made, but it's uh, certainly extended the shoreline. It's extended, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it was like smaller. They kept on building on it, like extending the shoreline, yeah. and okay. then they made that island I was talking about, the one that looks like a palm tree. Yeah, three of those. That's where okay. like uh, Atlantis Hotel is. Have you heard of Atlantis like that? Cool, like is it the first uh, six star hotel? Yeah, seven star hotel. Seven star? I think it's seven mm, star. Not Atlantis. That's Burj Al Arab. Burj Al Arab is seven star. Yeah, it's the Atlantis. only seven star hotel in the world. It's the one. I thought in the Atlantis water. was too. No, Atlantis. A seven star hotel. It's the only seven yeah. star hotel in the world. Do you just like wake up to the maid giving you a blowjob or like what? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? No, like legit. So I went to Burj Al Arab, and and it's like it's cool. I've been there a few times, but dude. It's like a bunch of fancy crap that like is uncalled for. Like Too fancy. it's just like you sit like 
on a dinner table and it's all like gold plated plates forks knives spoons like you go yeah. like in your in your rooms it's not what i'd like to pay like two three grand a night for but it's like like old vintage classy looking like designs you know it's like royal royalty looking as okay. opposed to like if you were to go to atlantis which i love it's super like cool and modern okay yeah, okay and it's not as expensive, but it's still like up there. Atlantis is the hotel that's on the tip of the Palm Island, the one mm-hmm. that's like man-made. It's like sits on the top of it, and so you drive through that like island all the way, and then it's it has right like, there in the middle. Yeah, and it has like half of the hotel's like underwater, so you get to go down mm-hmm. in these like rooms where, like, a wall is made of an aquarium. You oh wow! See, like water, yeah. That's sick. Really legit. That's pretty cool. But hey, all these things are just like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Material things. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel they're gonna crash pretty bad in the next few years. Well, Dubai as a whole. Yeah, like the whole. I feel like the whole like area, the Middle East, the Gulf area, they're so dependent on oil, you know. And yeah, but I think only gonna help them for so much. True, true, but I, I think, think they're not, not that dumb. Like I, I, the Emirates has been investing in a lot of things. To, to make sure that they can sustain their, like, uh, economic, like, uh, you know, uh, success uh, over the next, like, you know, like, decades or century or whatever after the oil uh, kind of runs out in a way. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a country obviously knows, you know, that this is not going to last forever. Right. Uh, and especially when they have really good connections and ties with, like, the United States, England, like, all these super uh strategically advanced like countries when it comes to like foreshadowing and thinking of the future uh that helps them out a lot because you know they're in the hands of people that actually can help them like plan and manage and i don't think they do all these things on their own they they really can't because you know they started what 40 years ago and just imagine giving like a little kid a million dollars right right <laughs> you think he's just gonna like get to just do whatever he wants with it but yeah no and that really makes sense yeah. too like, like no, we're talking about it now in all huh? sorts of science and like that's why they have like solar city which is like one of the coolest things i think that they could have made it's like an entire like city based on solar power that's interesting yeah that's interesting like mini city you guys said dubai is getting a lot more like environmentally friendly as well right in its own ways, I'll say. But again, <laughs> it's 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 a it's it's a very arid land, and you know I think it's gonna come down to the water crisis that's gonna really affect the area. Okay. You know, it's a human necessity, and you know it's limited supply of water. They still they get all their water like from overseas and like Europe and stuff. When it comes to a point, you know, when we're really running out, like what are they gonna do? You know. People are not just gonna give them water. It's gonna, you know, price is gonna hike, and I, I think it's gonna. I mean, they use like the whole water filtration. You mean desalination yeah. plants? They're yeah, really expensive they, they to run. Yeah, I'm sure, and, but I, mean, uh, yeah. I think that's like a big issue, right? And that's now. that's like making the the uh, ocean water drinkable. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. desalination plants. Yeah, yeah. but uh, is that? Do you think they'll get cheaper over the next decade, or? I don't think so. If if I I think if there was a way they would already would have done it because it's been going on for a while. What's the process of doing it? I'm not aware of that. Uh-huh. But I know it's a very very costly process. Okay. A lot of energy is required for it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, 
But uh, but what's your what's your reasoning for thinking the water crisis is going to like inevitably come? I just feel like you know cloud climate is changing, and you know especially being that area how dry it is. Mm-hmm. They don't have any way of getting water in that area, you know, and you know obviously the oasis is very limited supply from just drinking water. They get all their water from Europe and you know from the glaciers, and the glaciers are all melting. Where's this water going? You know, like it's not gonna come to them <laughs> when it comes to a point when people are in dire need of water. Like people are gonna be fighting over it, you know. I, I personally believe that. I personally believe there's gonna be civil wars. On that. Over water. Not a world war. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I, I'm thinking That's extreme. That I'm, no, I'm honestly thinking that big because I believe it. At this pace, I believe it. And are, like, lakes drying up all over the world? or over water. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, people are fighting over oil. Because of the global temperature rising and then yeah. evaporation? Like, you know, the... Well, Trump doesn't greenhouse. believe in global warming, so... I believe in climate change, not global warming. <laughs> I mean, I global warming, What's the difference? climate change, and global warming are hand in hand. I I feel like it's a very, uh, would you say, biased way of thinking. I mean, not everywhere is going to be warm. Some places are going to get warm. Other places are going to get like, extremely cold. You know, like yeah, everything's yeah. going to be. Yeah, I think global warming is not like. Uh, like in general, temperatures are rising. You know, yeah. in general, but it doesn't mean the whole world's going to. You know. No, you're gonna feel you're gonna face extremities of everything, you know, in different okay. places. Like the Middle East, I feel is gonna go through a very bad drought. Kind of like we're starting to see, like in California. California, South Africa, they had the day zero last year when they ba- basically ran out of water in their in their whole country. Uh, it was it Johannesburg? I believe it was Johannesburg, the capital. And uh, they they had a drought for like five, six, seven years, and uh, completely uh, ran out one day. Yeah, they ran out, completely ran out. So they were rationing. They had a water rationing system going on. And what's interesting is that it's like California as well. Yeah, even in California, all these fires and stuff. What's really interesting is that they got rain after like years and years, just around that time, like day zero. I think right that's the work of the wow. Lord. That's yeah, the work yeah. of Mother Nature. That's some high power, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That's uh, that's uh, cool stuff, man. Like, and they have it extended for another year or something now. But yeah, look look into it. Day zero, South Africa. I think they're the first the country that's really facing it okay like uh, but that's because because of droughts in one specific area but we don't have the technology to get water from i don't know say like australia is somehow able to export water but how, how could you even export that on that massive you, a scale you, you can probably do it but hey it's down to the cost which country has the money to invest that much you know that much money into just that process you know there's other things that need to run but uh, i mean if it comes to it, it comes to a point where you know because it's a necessity they might throw everything they have for that you know and uh, i feel like this is like 30 years in the future okay years, so like i genuinely believe that. the places that are geographically located in a location that's not close to like a sustainable form of like clean water and they're also poor those are the countries that are gonna get fucked you think Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, they don't have glacier. Okay, so less than 2% of water on Earth is drinkable. You know, think about that. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is all salt water. You can't fucking drink that. And all these But we made it this far. 7 billion. I mean, yeah, we made it this far, but how far can we go? You know, how far can we push? All these glaciers are located in north, you know, in Europe and north, northern Americas and stuff like that. They're all I melting. 
Yeah, I, I think know. we're just gonna have to find uh, you know ways to utilize the salt water. I mean, th- this this process yeah. takes a lot of energy, but you know we're all about you know different sources of uh, renewable energy and yeah, all maybe sorts of energy we can use that is come with an innovative way of using solar, converting solar yeah. energy and stuff. But like the topic of geoengineering, which is basically focusing on you know the climate stuff. Uh, I don't know if you still saw the documentary, but like the idea of using reusing the carbon in the atmosphere and recycling that to make fuel at the same cost as you know like gasoline and stuff is I think very very how do you say it big you know and mm-hmm. I think that could be something that's you know potentially going to change the world. But the thing is, people need to be more aware about it you know no more not a lot of people know about it i mean i still a work in process like progress and i think it's and according to that documentary they showed very positive results that vice documentary i'll send you the link of it whenever i find it okay absolutely and i i'm like whoa i never thought of it this way and you know basically reusing what's in our atmosphere to make that what would happen if like all the ice caps melted and then we were somehow able to reverse all the carbon in the air, like all the carbon emissions, and we somehow were able to convert them into energy or or uh, oxygen or whatever, and we were able to like somehow reverse it. Would that drop mm-hmm. the global temperature, and then the ice caps would reform? Like, would they reform the same way? I don't know about that, but I know like we can do our best to you know do whatever's best for our planet but at the end of the day mother nature's in control you can't do anything you know i mean you can you can try you know? i would assume that took millions of years for those ice caps exactly. to build though so there were the ice ages and stuff that you know like there were periods in time in prehistorically where we've had extreme piece of climate and mother nature just basically you know fixed it itself mm-hmm. but we've come to a point where we've messed with it so much that it's very um, impossible to see that happening, you know, on a natural scale. It seems like we're at a point where it's happening so quick that we need to one slow it down and then get to a point where it's gonna like get reversed. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have like a huge understanding of this, the, but yeah, the thing is with the ocean. Here you're talking into the side of it. Oh. <laughs> the thing is with the ocean level rise, you know, you're gonna see more frequency in all these hurricanes and all that stuff, and people are gonna die, you know, like that. And then I feel like you know also the lack of Clean water, drinkable water is going to be another factor. Mm. And I think there's going to be chaos in the next 20, 30 years. There will be a lot of global shit going down. Hella global shit, yeah. (laughs) Dark stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel like the third world countries are going to suffer the most. And obviously, and I see the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer. Okay. Classic example. I mean, that's the truth. (laughs) What's your reasoning for thinking the rich are going to get richer, though? I mean, you know, circumstances right now. I mean, coming from a country that's kind of developing forever, Pakistan, you know, growing up there, I've seen it, man. Like, you know, even you might have the most educated people, but, you know, corruption kind of, you know, corruption in these countries has a big effect on um, things like that, you know. And uh, I feel like, you know, the more corrupt your government is, the more the people are going to suffer. And, you know, in the case of something like water, I feel like it's going to be, you know, their rights going to be 
taken away from them from their government and stuff and you know they're going to be suffering because i've already seen these people suffer you know <laughs> and uh, i just feel like you know right now if you have money you have power basically and you know you can buy buy your way out of anything mm-hmm. you can buy anything stuff like that yeah dark stuff that's my i wonder how much money will matter at that point i feel like it'll still like like if the world just went into total chaos how much how much value do you think like money would place like or do you think it'd just be like survival of the fittest at that point do you think people would still sell out i think that's the last like extreme like he's ever seen like 2012 <laughs> yeah. the world ending <laughs> yeah yeah but i don't I don't see that happening in the near future, to be honest. I don't I think don't so either. I, I just, yeah. you know, we're sus- we're gonna be sustained in a, on a good. But level if for everything a while, went to shit, like, how do you think, like? Okay, money would work. It would mean jack shit. It would not mean anything. I don't think so it either. It would be assets for sure, and then like mainly your like most like. I don't know, your primary things like your food and your water and all that stuff. The necessities. Like necessities and how are you going to get these necessities? Well, I mean, it's still, you have all your natural sources, and that's usually the people that are like blessed, you know, and then you got the people that aren't. Those people who are blessed are going to all get richer. You know? Yeah, but it w- the people who don't have anything are going to get poorer. True, but when you have like, you know, if you live in an area where there's like a spring. You know, that's not that does it's not owned by someone, you know, that's like government, that's like federal, whatever. You're, you have access to that. That's water um, farms. You know, people own the farms. I guess these people would get richer. But generally, I don't think it would be like economical, more of like it'd be more like surviving based on what we have left. OK, hmm. I don't know how power would work at that point. I don't think I don't know how either. Like, it won't be like military at all. I don't think so, at least. It's like where would the structure of the military go? Yeah, because of the military itself needs, you know, its own, you know, supply of whatever. Well, our production, crop production is going to be affected by climate change. It's already being affected by it. And, you know, I feel like it can only get worse. Do you think there'll be a for- food shortage as well? Oh, yeah. It's al- already there. Is and that requires water, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's already food shortages around the world. Man, this is turning sad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting dark. It's thinking yeah. a little bit. It's, 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 it's <laughs> like, what's happening right now? Yemen. That's oh, how, I told you last God. time about Yemen, what's going on. Uh-huh. They have, like, 28 million people. and by, It's predicted by f- end of this year, 14 million people are going to die because of starvation. By the end of this year? Yeah, end of this year. <laughs> It's Wait, what's the what's the reasoning? Because it's becoming like a war ground, or it's basically a war ground, yeah. Between Saudi Arabia and Saudi Iran. Iran, yeah, yeah. I think it's Saudi Arabia, Iran. I think Russia is involved too, and the U.S. Holy but, you know, shit! It's a very poor, general, poor country. Is yeah. one country ba- like is the U.S. backing one of them, and they Russia's backing the other? I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, so. it's always like yeah. that. Really? The U.S. and Russia. Uh huh. The and Saudi. They play the what is it called? Russia, Iran. Oh, like they're they're playing like the puppet players puppet, or something. Yeah, they they're the puppet players. Okay. <laughs> the U.S. plays, you know. With they always got their hand in some Saudi shit. Arabia or something, and Russia no. plays with their <laughs> The world is so complex, man. Right. Yeah. So complex. That's why I try to live day to day in Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> Springfield. Hey, I'll be cool. out of here. A part of me likes to like be informed about the shit, but another part of me is like almost ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Nearly. 
I, I see both sides, but I think I think I always kind of tend to seek out the information because I just find it interesting. No, I think everyone should seek out the information. Everyone should Very be important. knowledgeable. Everyone should know. Like ignorance, in the end of the day, is not good. Uh, but I think the to go to sleep at night, lots of the times you need to try and put these things behind you. Well said. You know? Well said. For your own mental sanity. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because. I mean, 99% of people who are living in first world countries will never have to experience uh, that feeling, you know, of, of being unable to do anything about it, you know. And when you live in these first world countries, it's like really a choice. You always have opportunity and it's up to you to, to get out of a hole if you are in one. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the choice necessarily in yeah, these other places. Exactly. No, There's no, no. choice. I that's mean, scary. That's scary. You can try all you want, but you're only getting so far. There's, there's, fourteen. Pe- like you, you, can't. Fourteen million people expected to die. Oh yeah, that's. Right. I didn't even know about that. That's, that's insane. That's. Get the link for that too. That's. <laughs> you sent me a lot of links after this. <laughs> put it in your video at the end. You no, know, I'm down. I'm down. Sources, you know, fact check, whatever, and uh, yeah. I'm down, but it, oh my god, yeah, I, it, it's interesting. It, I also I think it's important with like politics and like economics and world issues and stuff. I feel like it's good to inform yourself, but not to like take those opinions like too seriously and like get like heated up about them. Yeah, because no. a lot of it, like you said, it's out of your control. Stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you can only talk about it and inform people, and that's I think very important. People are aware of it, so. That's why I, I want to gain the depth, like the depth of traveling a little bit and like experiencing the rest of the world. So I have some more idea because, I mean, everything in my mind about just the Middle East, for example, everything in my mind Projected is like through media, like, through media and imagination imagine, and, like, well, and maybe like seeing pictures online. Yeah. And I try I try my best to not be conditioned by the media, but ultimately, man, like it is, gonna, it is, yeah, you know, whether I mean, there's all sorts of different types of media, you know, there's. There's outlets that, you know, bend the truth, and there's things where it just comes flat out. I think media that's uh, expressed by the people, not by a news outlet, is the most true media, usually. Which we're seeing a huge increase in that yes, in the world now. Yes. And I mean, I like you lies. know, thanks, yeah, to, thanks yeah. to those social media platforms, but in the same time, a lot of it is fake because it's not like, you know, anyone can post anything. Anyone can edit anything. Absolutely. Yeah. But at this point, like, you can't really think of, like, your main media outlets as reliable because they're all somewhat controlled by parties, you know, of people. And each party wants uh, the majority of people to have a different view of, of this con- of this idea or this country or this problem in the world. So it's weird to think that your ideas and thoughts and opinions in the world are being like manipulated. Yeah. I mean, they're they're manipulated in a very professional way. You, you'll, you won't even notice it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, Hey, let's, let's stream this story, but let's not stream this story. And so at the end of the week, you only know the, like one side of the story. You don't know like the whole thing. And that's what's, uh, that's what's wrong. That's like the most effective persuasion, you know. Like yeah. whenever you can, like very subtly, yeah, like just, just creep you just in don't, and you just don't present it. 
Uh-huh. You don't even need to say like, oh, this happened, this happened, but this seems more true. You just don't even you shut that down. I hate that way of thinking too. Yeah. My way or the highway, kind of. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, with Fox and CNN, just like even here in the states, you know, even like presidential elections and things like that. That's on. The it's like that levels. every single That's four like years. Local. Yeah. So think about like Fox and CNN. Uh, you know, global. talking about global things like abroad, you know. So, yeah. I've, I've heard a quote along those lines. It's like, hear both sides and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's, I don't even know. If, I've heard it for sure, something like that. But it, it, if you just take in one side's information, one side's information, that's going to ultimately, like, sway Fear, your opinion. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to be what you think. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like you need to take in like different sides and also not just the same news source, the same media source. Do your research. Yeah. That's it. But on that topic, man, like I, I find like podcasting like this, I think I know in my own personal life, like I've experienced so many benefits just from listening to like different podcasts. I, I think this is a really cool media uh, just to be able to to get these different thinkers and they, they will talk about different events going on in the world and you get like different perspectives if you seek them out. I think this is a really interesting new form of medium. Usually. I mean, even on the big media platforms, whenever they put like the, you know, the parts where they have like interviews or, uh, talks with, uh, people like that live in wherever, like wherever, like a huge, you know, problems going on you see all the truths coming out like you know when like a reporter is like streaming live with someone that's like live in the in the country where all the you know crap's going down you can see that there's not much hidden truth anymore because it's like right behind him and he's just like saying what's going on rather than like when they just have their uh, whole crew in a room and they just like spill out all the all the news they want to yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't be standing in, like, problem country where bombs are going off and stuff and then be like, yeah, everything here is pretty chill. It's uh, it's not <laughs> too bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. But even, like, when they try to, you know, there's always, like, oh, who attacked who or who antagonized or who, like, started, uh, provoked, like, the other person and stuff. That is, like, just, like, being biased onto on whose side like instigated something mm-hmm. is usually the point of like um like tension because every media outlet's going to be siding with one like it's going to be siding with a side you know in a way like they're going to say like the government has uh you know attacked these like these people or whatever or you'll have like oh the rebels like attacked the government and so in one form or the other, they're going to side with, you know, however they present their story. Mm-hmm. And so you can hear like this media outlet presenting it in the, in from some, from one party's side and then another one from the other party's side, even though they're the same exact story, like they're the same exact uh, incident. It's crazy how much you can just twist the, yeah. Twist and that's what like makes people like side with blah, this president or blah, these people. Yeah, and then media, media, and I guess we're talking about the Middle East is controlled quite a bit, like by the government. 
in a very oh like, really in a very that's fucking way. scary that's oh, like, scary it's, it's straight up controlled by the government it's not even like a hidden like you know truth and everybody's just <laughs> it's more like it. yeah no yeah everyone accepts it like you don't hear any i mean in the emirates it's even way worse than like in in like syria or iraq or wherever because there they still have somewhat freedom but in the gulf countries like in this the emirates saudi arabia qatar all these they like really control the media to where you don't hear anything about the government itself or whoever's running it that's scary you don't hear anything mm-hmm. that's why they look like oh nothing's wrong you know and they have the ability you to shut hear, down like, external yeah, forces trying exactly. to persuade you in their uh-huh. direction as it's well it's like like the united nations or whatever has to dig in to like find out what's really going on uh-huh. rather than like oh then the media outlets the local ones have exploited what really happened that's crazy. Yeah. And go, I'm going back to what we were saying, like with podcasting, with Vice, different, like, yeah, just like imagine, all these independent media sources. That, so that's picture, what's so cool about the rise of the internet. Picture this, like what we're doing right now. Uh-huh. Picture this, like if someone tried to pull this off uh, back back home, like in any of these countries, yeah, they're they're not gonna be they're not gonna be okay. They're gonna <laughs> get in big trouble for sure. Yeah. Like, for just oh, yeah. sitting down and having a Literally, conversation. If we were if, speech is not there. Yeah, there's no like yeah. I mean, yeah, you have the freedom of speech, but make sure it doesn't go anywhere. Like you can talk with your friends, but if you post this like it's online speech. You're gonna get your ass. Yeah. Yep. And I mean this is this is how it is in like yeah, a lot of the countries. The more east you go, I mean not just the Middle East, I think like even China. China, like things like North that. Korea. Like they'll control that. Stuff. That is frightening. Yeah, because this is this is where truth comes out. Like even though you know me and Mo might not know like like exact facts about things, but we're gonna we're gonna yeah. speak our minds. We're gonna speak what we really think is happening. We're not gonna be like protecting someone just because like he's supposed to be protected or in you know a party or a you know, government or a, a group of people. We're just gonna say what we think is the truth because here you have the freedom to do that and you're safe. Right. No one's gonna come and like attack you or do anything about it, or at least you think that's so. a wild <laughs> thought. But you can't do that there. That so, actually like scares you more than like even like committing a crime, like a normal crime, because there you can end up in all sorts of crap that it's not it's not regulated it's not through it. the law. Like oh, if you say this, this what happens. It's like if someone talks shit on like the royal family or something, they could just disappear or something. Straight up, like you might not see him again. Just for their words. Yeah, if they like, if they said something bad enough where it like exploited something that's like super important. Like, let's say someone started, like, put, uh, you know, posted this podcast and it was all about like what, like, the, the president's brother, like, how he took advantage. Let's say he was the minister of state and he took advantage of like a lot of uh, money outlets and he was just, you know, banking in all this cash uh, illegally like you know let's say through the borders you always have like border uh, tax and stuff like that uh, a lot of the times in these countries they the people that run the borders keep all that money and they tax like higher and they just control it illegally and and they get caught like l- like years and years later and sometimes they don't get caught but it's always it's never like out in the news you know, even if someone does get in trouble, 
he gets caught he gets in trouble but they don't say it and right. it, can, it can keep on dragging on forever and then somebody just somebody yeah. else walks in fills a spot they get in trouble they get taken exactly, out yeah and sometimes they don't get in trouble sometimes it's like a network it's like a oligarchy or whatever you know they just like run that crap that way that's why you find like people from the middle east sometimes like like extremely rich like ridiculous rich i'm talking like hundreds of billions but all that money is super illegal that like it's never like they're never you know announced on the list of richest people in the world because it's Uh all hidden you know (laughs) and then they get caught with like a freaking warehouse full of cash straight up like cash which is ridiculous you know there's no no such thing as like cash like this nowadays but like have you heard of libya like the get Gaddafi, like the the president they got like you know that's northern africa right? northern africa yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's, uh did i say libya yeah libya Libya, yeah he's libya yeah libyan whether or not he was a good president or not pretty much his image in the world came out to be like he was a dictator uh-huh. which is like let's go with that regardless of that he was like like filthy rich in a way that's ridiculous because he would like bank in money from like from different ways that aren't like like legal you know uh-huh. and and no one can say anything about it there's no media you know you can't talk about it you talk right. about that you're gone <laughs> as a, as a leader too yeah as a leader Oh, it's the leaders. That's the the corruption is in the leaders. Because they have the power to they do have so. They the power to do so. And you're just like, wow. you know, you're locked in the system. You can leave. That's the thing. They can't stop you from leaving. Uh-huh. You can't just, you just can't speak. Like a lot of the times, there was this guy, there was like this informant or something. I don't remember. It was it Saudi, Saudi Arabia? No, it was in Turkey. Yeah, but the he Saudi, the Saudi, Saudi guy embassy that, or yeah. something. No, it was the other way around. No, no, no. He was in Turkey. And no, he was a Saudi Sa- guy. That he was a Saudi him. guy in Turkey. He went to the Saudi embassy. Yeah, and that's he disappeared. Exactly, but he, he was a Saudi Arabian dude that like exploited so many things about the government, about the government, like corrupt things, and they killed him. They straight up killed him, and they was like, I mean, they did it in a. It's, it's like they killed him it's in their embassy, up. and they like burned his body. But then the United Nations like caught him. Like they figured it out, and they. And now they're like I don't know, it's nine nine different like ministers or like big like position like high position people just got locked away, even though like you know that just came from like up there and probably the president uh-huh. you know or the king or whatever yeah. not the president like, but they're not gonna touch him, <laughs> but you know it's it's ridiculous stuff like that, media there is just ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember back back when I was when I hit puberty, we had to get a proxy to to get on the bad websites. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? There's uh, a lot of these uh, adult websites are blocked. Oh, really? Yeah, stuff like that, you know, it's blocked. You don't really have the freedom to, you know, do whatever on the internet. They're watching you, basically. Yeah. So people find ways around it, basically. Oh, yeah, <laughs> VPNs, you name it. There's so many things you can use. That's so funny. I'm just remembering, like, we'd have to do a whole bunch of crap just to watch a little video. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talking about that Dad. stuff and vice. <laughs> I'm never going to take porn for granted again. <laughs> 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 That's uh, funny. 
Yeah, Vice has this really cool documentary. It's called Slaves of Dubai. I recommend it. Highly recommend it. Really? It's about their blue-collar community getting exploited by governmental yeah. agencies in construction work. They basically are like live like slaves and yeah. Yeah, see, that's where the it's an amazing ridiculous difference in like statuses inequality like, goes down Extreme. because like you like you said the blue collared people or workers and the white collared workers or you can say like more of the foreign like the expats that come in to do the the hard work the labor for the country as compared to like the locals and the citizens it's just like the ground and the sky like the difference is insane like one's paid like let's say minimum wage here it's way less way less than minimum and then the other is paid like not like something normal something like we're talking like abnormal. millions abnormal so the difference isn't isn't like oh low middle high there's like low high wait you're saying for just a construction worker yeah or or you say like a construction worker in general versus whoever else yeah yeah, yeah. oh but, wow. but okay i'm following yeah, yeah there is not like a construction worker here the way they assess and value labor there is much lower than here here a construction worker is actually like it's a decent job you, uh -huh. you can actually make probably better money doing construction than your average like starting job with a bachelor's here yeah i yeah. mean they work their ass off they make good money there you work your ass off probably end up with a heat stroke before you make like a grand <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of people died building that huge tower really yeah because yeah, like the weather bro like it's it's 100 degrees year round or whatever it is and summers are twenty retarded like hot like biggest problem about the middle east is so there's a lot of uh, institutional racism there the base the racism on your ethnicity what, what do you mean by instant what do you mean so by that institutional racism is based on your ethnicity so hey you know let's say there's a lot of diversity in dubai let's say around 196 nationalities reside there so whenever you apply for a job and stuff, you have to put on your uh, resume mm -hmm. or CV, <laughs> resume or CV, you have to write your nationality and add a picture. Mm -hmm. And you know, and the base, your pay according to that. And uh, I've done a few papers on this. Uh, they base your pay based on your ethnicity? Yes, they don't openly say that, but that is the truth. And uh, did you remember I hit that? Thank you. It's like we're chilling. <laughs> and uh, yeah institutional racism is pretty big in the middle east as in like but you you uh let's say you know they're hiring uh this is an easy example they're hiring two people for the same job one's from england one's from india all right same job same position same qualifications same qualifications they're both like as qualified like same degree same crap whatever it is the england the english uh employee is gonna be paid three times what the indian guy is gonna be paid mm -hmm. straight up it's not even hidden you know i mean they don't they don't go like yo you're gonna be paid like this much less than that guy I, my uncle but was telling me about this this happens in the u.s as well Really? Yeah, my uncle. Like, he said, but he said the company really he was working for. Here it's much there's like non-discrimination laws here, which are you know. I, I'm sure there are laws here. Here, if it's too, the same exact position, same thing. No, they're gonna be paid the same. The the difference comes in because they're gonna have to sponsor usually the people that are foreign, the the people that aren't from here, the skilled workers. They have to sponsor them, so they already spend quite a bit of money 
on that person to, to be able to work there. So he might be paid a little less, but he's not going to be paid like something, you know, it's pretty, it's going to be marginal. It's barely, it's not, it's nothing substantial. Like, cause you can, you can like, there's all sorts you suing is like, Sue happy, Sue happy. People are so happy here. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, second you yeah, find something, yeah. that I learned that yesterday. But he, he said they will have like people come over from India, like specifically India, and they're really skilled, and he sees their paycheck, and they're making a lot less. And he said the men don't as much, but the women will like talk down to these people because they are so replaceable, hmm. which is a weird concept. And the, it's like that he. Are you talking he, about here in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. I forget where he works. He works for some tech company. I think do they hire them? Do they work? Yeah, do they? That's what I was. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty much freelancers. Like that's something different. I mean, they're outsourcing for a reason because the cost is low. So it's more ethical. In its own way, I mean, you know, they're getting paid pretty decent for where they're living. But if you're in a country like Dubai, you and you're trying to make, you know, trying to live a decent life, not make ends meet, you know, ends, you know, ends meet, whatever you call it, ends needs, and. you know, and people want to get a decent job, and they don't get it. And someone else gets the same job for a better pay because and everybody wants to be in Dubai, place. so yeah, it's probably I mean, really replaceable. The, the, uh, exactly. You can live in Springfield off uh, like a thousand a month or whatever it is, uh-huh. and you're fine. Like you can eat, drink, live. You're not gonna have that much fun, but whatever it is. Uh huh. But if you're gonna live in Dubai, you can't do that. Right. You just can't. Even the cost of living, like to have a place, or even to, L.A. To or Chicago. Well, yeah, or that's why. Because think of it that way. There's yeah. no. Th- I mean, I lived in a town that's an hour away from Dubai, for for a few years, not a few years, quite a bit of years, and and it's it's similar to like, it's a little cheaper, but it's still not cheap, cheap like to where it's like the difference between Springfield and L.A. Uh-huh. It's gonna be a little cheaper, but you still need to manage to make like blah blah to live like pretty decently. Okay. And that's why, like, everyone that works, you know, usually blue collar jobs there, they're not, not even does not meet that like minimum. Because here, like, the minimum wage, as low as it might sound, it's if you work decent. forty, fifty, whatever, sixty hours a week, you you're gonna live. You know, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You might not be able to support a family off the minimum wage, but it is a minimum wage for a reason. Because if you work this much, you can probably have a place and eat. Right. Which is the two things you need. You know. But they're like, you barely can do that. Barely. You like, I, I, you know, I've seen where construction workers, like, they they rent out like this. Let's say this one, one room like house or whatever it is, and ten of them live in it. Straight. Oh up. wow. Yeah, like like about. they make it into a shelter. Like elite. I mean, you're not even allowed, but they do that because they can barely. I mean, they they travel overseas to get that job so they can send back and support their family back home. Uh-huh. So can you picture like them like having to just barely survive and send whatever to support their family? It's just that's where the ridiculous bias happens. And uh yeah, well, racism in a way because you know, you don't get people that are like western going to work a job like that there. Right. Who's going to leave their nice place in the west? To go to a desert like so is it racism or is it like looked down upon based on status it's called i mean it, it, it's you know it's institutional racism goes hand in hand you know like with what your status status the institutional racism is based on where you're from and the base the racism on where you're from you know stuff like that and then that goes okay with the okay status. Yeah. because the i mean this goes in with that you're not gonna get like a like a poor european dude 
coming to do construction in the Emirates. It just doesn't. You're He'd rather do construction where he's from. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why is he going to come and do that? And there's an interesting thing Baba is to talk about how they kind of tricked them into, you know, getting these contracts um, in that Slips of Dubai documentary, you know, to take away their passports and stuff so they can't leave the country. Oh, so they're literally yeah. dependent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very, it's a very powerful they, documentary. Yeah, it's a very, very, sh- they released it in 2006 or seven. They take away their passports till they're done with their contracts. Yeah. So that's why they're. I, I didn't even know that. It's like slavery. Well, it's literally. It I mean, like it's, yeah. it's forcing them. It's uh, one of the most powerful documentaries I probably ever no, I seen. I love exploiting them. Because <laughs> 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 we can in this country. Yeah. Ah. America, baby. <laughs> yeah, I read like a two or three papers in the same undergrad. Like it's for just, my English classes. It is so ridiculous that you know how what? much of this life, like how much of the opportunities you get, is based on where you are born. Yeah. That is so ridiculous. But this is this is like life, man. That's why Mm. some people like work their asses off. And I'm not even going to go into like my family, but just to like give their kids or themselves an opportunity, a life uh, or a chance. Uh They they move away. So uh, I've I've been blessed. I feel super blessed. Like I've been, you know, happy pretty much all my life. Uh, but I was born in Syria. Syria is like, you know, Syria is not a, like, it's not a first world country, but it's also not a third world, you know, it's somewhere there in the middle. But, uh, my family in Syria are decently, you know, they, they live well, but to get that opportunity to thrive and really like, like work your way up, obviously Syria wasn't going to be the place. So my dad worked his butt off to, uh, like move out and so he moved to abu dhabi like you know dubai in the emirates he got a good job there i was only like three so we moved there and i grew up there my whole life so that was the first step of like the ladder so it was from syria to like dubai just like their two hour flight away but Uh that was a huge difference in opportunity you know because dubai is thriving there's like money there there's chance to get a good job there but my dad's a skilled worker. He's a chemist. He's not a blue collar. Like, so he can actually like he worked for the government and stuff like that. And then after that, uh, the States, you know, we moved here. And that's also for the opportunity to, to keep on, you know, thriving. And it's all for us, you know, for me and my my siblings. He he was doing fine. He didn't really want to move but <laughs> but he did it for yeah, you yeah did it for us so that's like mm-hmm. you do all these you, you work your butt off so you can give your your kids uh a chance at like you know getting the best of their opportunities based on a location right you know i love the emirates i wish i could have stayed there <laughs> but thinking about it in the long run i needed to come here for my education uh mm-hmm. And now that I'm here, you know, I've been here for five, six years. You know, I love it. I like it. Like it, love it. I don't know. Springfield's good. <laughs> but I can see myself even, you know, continuing to live here for, you know, a little longer and uh, and doing better and better. And then, you know, probably end up going and checking out Dubai again, saying what's up. <laughs> but, you know, that's how it is. Like, it's just sometimes you're limited just because of the geographical location you're at. Because that country is like 
not as advanced or developed and so you don't have the resources the people the opportunities you just can't do anything about it it's unless a sad you're born feeling. into richness or like into money or to feel that yeah. limitation to yeah. feel that limitation yeah like i mean uh my mom's a doctor you know and my dad's a chemist but in syria as hard as they worked they probably wouldn't have they they wouldn't have done anything like they would have been okay you know they would have lived well but you wouldn't have thrived you wouldn't Mm. have had money to travel and stuff like that it would still be very limited even though these are professions if you were to have them here in the states you would have been like really well off Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's that ladder, you know, you move to the Emirates and then you start doing a little better. And then hopefully like the next step's even better than that. Yeah. It's wild. It's so you can never insane. you can never go back down, Jordan. What's what's better than the States? Where can we go? I think this is it. Maybe Mars. <laughs> 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 no, I think it's a it's a great country. I love it. But I mean, I, lo- I love traveling, you know, seeing. Cool That's a big places. part of why I want to travel so much, too, is to gain, like, gratitude on where I grew up at. Because mm, this yeah. is all I've ever known. Yeah. I've spent most, 99% of my life I've spent here in this one yeah. state. I think it's, it's very a good important. Thing, trust me. But you have to travel to see the world, to see what it's like. I mean, there's. Yeah, pull that there's, pull. There's, yeah there's definitely, like, places where it's cooler, you know, than states like you go visit some parts of europe or south um, south america or the, even the middle east or wherever you know there's definitely cooler things to see but i think overall like it's a life like to succeed and stuff your best shot is at it is to here yeah there's there's you know a lot of countries where you can succeed pretty well this is one of them mm-hmm. yeah there are most people who are content with wh- where they're at in these countries it's just that who really wants to go the next step you know know seek more um, in these these countries like referring to like syria and y- yeah india nations, developing nations yeah totally because opportunity is limited you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's uh it's not easy but you know people are still smiling and happy with what they have but then there are other people who want something something better you know yeah but the then you themselves. also have you have people who are like filthy rich like in the emirates that would never want to move yeah. to the states mm-hmm. I, actually like a majority of my friends are like were like that which i mean i thought i would pretty much be on the same page and i would have if i stayed I, f- I was fine and content and i knew like you know, nothing was gonna be bad but unless you're like like thriving like really really well like then you want to like look at what you can do more yeah. I always wanted to move. Even when I was in Dubai, I wanted to move. Yeah. And I wanted to move to the U.S. I Ever didn't. since a kid. I told my parents, <laughs> like, dude, I want to go. I want to go. And <laughs> even though it was very hard for them, they still made it happen, you know? And uh, So what do you, what about the U.S. is so appealing to the foreigners, you think? Uh, it's just uh, the, the freedom. Like I said, the freedom brings in opportunity. And these opportunities are there. You just got to... Get here and you know find your way here and seize them. Okay. It's obviously easier said than done, but not impossible. You know, opportunity here is. I mean, you know, you can take it this way. Like, uh, it's easier to get 
here than in other places, you know. Which here is beautiful. You just work hard, yeah. Which uh-huh. is amazing, you know. Yeah, here it's and about your you're really putting in the work. It's yeah. not like it's the hustle. Finding the thing. It's out there. It's, it's just waiting for you to like commit and work hard. Work for it. And people like are are ready and can work hard everywhere. Like it seems like you two have a better understanding of this. Like this this like obviously I knew I like I grew up with, with opportunity, but I didn't realize like I, maybe to an extent I feel like I took this for granted or Yeah, I don't you know won't exactly. you won't really n- realize it as much because here like this is the norm you know Mm -hmm. this is what you're born into but in when you're born into where you can't even find the opportunity you can't find like where you can put all that energy and work to to thrive you you might work your butt off and not go anywhere Mm -hmm. because you're just limited that's what like the whole thing is about you literally work harder than somebody here in the U.S. and still be making yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Way shittier of a life for By yourself. Far. That's, that's a scary thought. Not saying thought, that yeah. people don't. people work their butts off here. I'm, I was actually surprised. Like, the amount like, there's less laziness. I'd say <laughs> overall in the U.S. You know, people really all work. Yeah. I mean, your kids here work. You start working when you're freaking 16 because mm-hmm. everyone wants to make a buck. You know, but, but there you can work and work and work so hard and still be like in that range where you're still not struggling like, yeah still struggling very yeah. true i think that's what i want to gain the most with with traveling because i know i've told you guys like i want to backpack europe after college you and should yeah you like should. that's that's like a main thing where i want to gain is is to sit down and connect with people that have been you know been been on the grind and that that don't take these first world western countries for granted and I want to gain perspective and closure and just just uh, gratitude overall, like where I was raised. Yeah, I will say this though, Europe is amazing, but it's not gonna demonstrate that as much because it's Eastern also part will. yeah, Eastern will. I mean, Europe as a whole is like a very diverse continent, and it changes quite a bit from going from like France, England to like Ukraine whatever check all these like yeah you know, it changes like Soviet. the economy the people the lifestyle the standard of living but uh to see like the worst case scenarios probably not in europe right but it can give you a mm-hmm. good like idea probably the you'll, more like southeast europe you go yeah you'll see like what's really going going into the uh, former communist countries mm-hmm. you know, you'll see you'll see the transition in life how people live I personally haven't been there, but I know from historic facts, like, you know, mm-hmm. life in the western part is much better than the eastern part of the continent. And, yeah. And you'll see that if you do the whole Europe thing. And I, I think I think Europe would be a really good stepping stone to be able to gain the independence and just uh, confidence that I can, like, get around from place to place yeah. to place. Oh, yeah. I recommend South America. It's a very the, good... Yeah, right? Yeah. I think it's a very good uh, spot to start your travels because it's not... A, crazy transition it is you know it's a transition but still relatively like relatively i was thinking about starting like in england like ireland like places like this that that speak english and then moving to places like maybe germany that also speak english but like a little less of it and then work around to like france that's smart because traveling is not easy especially traveling alone Mm -hmm. um 
it's actually like a challenge nearly I love traveling uh but putting yourself there is what's nice if you're traveling like part of a tur- tourist group or whatever that's not no, that's not that. like one of those packages where they take you around and show you the cool things and you go and sleep together in a hotel and eat together that's that's fun but that's, that's sightseeing not, yes it's convenience. not true like it's much so it's more convenient yeah it's yeah. not it's not yeah. true tr- true traveling i mean it's traveling but like to get the experience of like what it's like to be out there alone and find your your way you know and live for blah blah time yeah that's where it's at that's where the countries you're gonna go to and see the cool spots you want to visit you also have to be you know and just you know find your way you know make your own way you also want to get like uh screwed up a little bit like you you don't want to it doesn't have to be the smoothest travel you want to like find yourself in a hole and go like shit what do i do now like, i feel that 100 <laughs> you know? man i like, feel that as part of it like one of these <laughs> nights like something crap you know shitty goes wrong like, you lose your passport i mean that's that's a bad Ooh. one but hey like you're american that's a good thing yeah. um if you weren't <laughs> might be a little rough <laughs> but yeah something like that and then you're like well shit what do i do now or like you lose your car you have money something like that you know, those are parts of end of the day Bill's you're going to live, but that's part of the travel, you know. But I'd say Europe is great for that to start because, like, Europe will take care of you in a way. Like, once you go to, like, a, like a government building or state, they'll, they'll, you know, the they won't leave there. you, like, hanging, like, randomly and, like, keep you in trouble. But if you go to, like, a less developed place, like, it's going to be rough. Kind of fucked. Yeah. Wow. Not gonna be as you gotta easy. be really ready for it. Really ready for that. Research okay. Yeah. Not C- that you're like walking customs. into a war zone, but you're also like they're not gonna, they're not gonna be as easy. Like there's, they won't be easy access to things that might help you out. Okay. Yeah. And they won't treat you as, you know, special or anything. Yeah. If anything, they might take advantage of you. <laughs> that's that's what I like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're gonna get taken. By Gringo, for sure. Yeah. American accent. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about saying I'm from Canada. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna help the cause. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. If you go to like, freaking like, let's say Egypt, <laughs> and you want to get like a a car ride, like a taxi ride, he might just charge you like double as soon as you're white. You won't know. You won't like. You won't argue. Yeah, you're just gonna pay. You know. Right. Yeah. He can do it. He knows what's going on. That's why you always travel. Like, try and be with a local. Find someone that actually yeah. like is genuinely like nice and cares. Try and have like him help you a little bit. Because mm-hmm. it's it's good and all to be to travel alone, but it's also not the smartest to just try and go through everything alone. Because sometimes there's these barriers. You're just gonna can't do anything about it. Like mm-hmm. even if you wanna go to and visit the country they're not gonna you know just let you you know let you be for the sake of it mm-hmm. and i, I want to gain that that like i said that perspective that independence and that capability of being able to and in learn the art of traveling in itself mm-hmm. like you said like like oh i've been in this situation before and i met that one random person who helped me find my way here like how can I get creative in this moment and make that happen again yeah, or something similar? How do you find similar? these people? How do you 
communicate in a smart way mm-hmm. how do you be how do you make yourself less exposed to not like not be seen as like a tourist you know yeah yes. vulnerable to be like because you're like a goldilocks in the middle of like a jungle maybe <laughs> and they're gonna see you interesting <laughs> metaphor funny how we put it together but no dude like traveling traveling in general is just it's just dope plus you'll know where to you know you're not gonna go to some random sketchy part of the country you're gonna go to mm-hmm. like where people are and where tourists are too you're yeah i probably i'll probably start out more touristy and yeah, then when i gain and i i would like to like who knows maybe i find like some odd job over in europe and then I decide that I want to go to Vietnam and go from Vietnam to Thailand to wherever, yes. you know, like, like if I feel confident doing something like that, then maybe I'm over there and I just decide to just do make, it. give a go on it. I would do that. If I could, I would. <laughs> That'd be dope. Who else busy partying in America? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are traveling right now, kind of. Yeah, I've seen it all. Honestly, like on the topic of soccer, I think that'll be a huge advantage too, because I want to bring just one pair of shoes and then one pair of uh, cleats. Yeah, cleats, like some indoor shoes. I'd get indoors, yeah. Don't get just play anywhere. Yeah, because then I can meet people on the streets and like, hey, you guys want to go out? Cool, let's go. Let's go hit the pub tonight. Dude, if you you go, yeah, if you go to like England or France or Sunday, like Sunday, uh, Sunday league, Sunday league, and all that. They probably won't let him on with the accent. Uh, <laughs> well, those are you can join. Uh, obviously, the street games can always have fun. But uh-huh. if you go to, uh, if you decide to eventually, like, randomly just want to go to Dubai, just let me know. I okay. You. Yeah, absolutely. Th- there's a good chance of that, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm people there too. Literally. Really? Just a few calls. Have you picked up with the Rolls Royce? Ooh. Oh. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to Dubai, boys. Uh, <laughs> to host soccer tournaments there in Dubai. I made oh, some really? Money. It was illegal as hell, but I made some good money really? for it. Yeah, I hosted like three or four tournaments. And I barely stole my dad's car to go drive. No, that was I, as far I, as illegal to, goes with me. We used to <laughs> soccer pitches, and we used to, I used to invite all my friends from different schools. I, I, you I tell them the rent school. is like 100 you'd collect like 500 I used to buy <laughs> trophies. I had a partner too. We used to buy <laughs> trophies and stuff, have a prize money, and then we're making everything's profit on top of that. And the people oh on the God. pitch, we knew them. They're like one of my high school bu- buddies. So like, yeah, we got you. We got you in the low, low, 50% off. And we used to host it the whole day, make our money, go back, party, have a good time. No way. I used to like three or four of those before coming. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's awesome. So I, good, I didn't have that kind of. That's a cool little gig. I like yeah, that. I like uh, that idea. I feel like you lived, you definitely got the street experience much more than me. Oh, dude, I, <laughs> I was around like some you, kids that were like super spoiled and shit. Oh, like, really? And also, yeah. and I went to like different <laughs> schools. I went to a local school. I went to British school. And I went to like a fucking Pakistani school. I went to an American That's school. That's true, yeah. I went to, I went to two schools. Really? And both yeah. those schools were, yeah. One of them, the president's nephew was like my best friend sitting right next to me and the other one they were all just like rich kids the president wait president of what the country his nephew yeah no shit yeah he was like he was my best friend from grade one to grade seven city yeah straight up i didn't even know it 
for like three four years <laughs> we were tiny i mean we'd sit now he was like cool as shit he we played soccer he was such a baller he was good at math i was great at math we were like the best at math there you go, there you go. <laughs> except he'd have like four people following him around in the little like school all the time I had, like in suits and i just never knew what they were for bodyguards and crap he, he would he would have bodyguards yeah, in yeah, school yeah. He, and he had a brother and a sister two brothers and a sister and each one had two two people by every classroom that stood outside the classroom yeah he was that important i mean he's the president's nephew his <laughs> dad is the president's brother yeah he was really important wow but wow. i mean but the whole like class was like like the whole class who had kids that were up there you know they weren't like, maybe not royal family but they were like you know blah minister or blah like ambassador so that was an uncommon at your school yeah it was just the school was like uh, it was a british school it was uh -huh. like a private british school and it was like the best one in town and so all the all the like important people sent their kids there uh -huh. my parents were decent <laughs> they were they just sent us there because they wanted us a good 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 education uh -huh. so i spoke english since i was like five instead of like when i oh, moved okay. here you know so i came i moved to the states speaking english already because of that school. Wow, okay. Yeah, they were all, like, British kids there. like British kids living in Dubai? Yeah, yeah. They all went to that school because it was, like, they only hired British staff, like, teachers and, you know. So there's a lot of British influence in Dubai as well. Uh, so many Brits. Yeah, 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 So many Brits. Yeah. Really? Yeah, England, England, uh, I mean, uh, the Emirates was, uh, what do they call it, a colony, in a way, of England, you know. Okay. Because England, like, has a shit ton of colonies, you know. India is like used to be a colony of, of England. Took over the world, basically. Yeah, England like before like America used to be like. I mean, even while time. yeah, colonial times I mean, like America England like. It's pretty much. But like England and France, pretty much France was the other country that they were just they colonized all these countries. So they even though they like gave them independence, but once they discovered oil, yeah. they s took you know. They, they didn't colonize them again, but they, they were the managers in a way of Their what's going on. Is always there, in Asia, especially. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Indonesia has a lot of Dutch, which is interesting. There's a lot of Belgium islands as well. Funny thing is that kid's uh, dad, if you want to look him up, he he owns uh like the president's brother, Sheikh Mansour, bin Zayed Al Nahyan. He owns uh, Manchester City. You know the club. You like soccer, yeah. yeah do you know how know. the dude, the owner of Manchester City, is from the Emirates? Yeah, you heard yeah. Of that? Yeah, that's the dad. I, I but he didn't own it when we were like young. Cause uh -huh. I didn't really follow so European soccer. But then when I grew up, I'm like, I read like, you know, Emirati president or what or uh, uh, whatever Sheikh buys like Manchester. City. So how many years in of like I'm knowing like, this dude did? Did you find out that his three uncle years, is that person? He invited me to his place. Okay. I went over. <laughs> Just going to the fucking president's house. <laughs> I went to house. the palace, bro. No way. I he picked me up. First of all, he, he, he comes like with a different car. I mean, it's like a voyage. It's not even a freaking a com convoy or voyage. He comes with like a few, set, a few cars. And then he picked me up and we go to his place. His palace is so big dude it's like so they have like a whole like uh 
perimeter around it that's like it's gated in a way. This is the first time going to your buddy's place. Yeah, yeah, because I mean he doesn't like he doesn't just bring people over. When uh-huh. we were young, we were like fourth grade, so he just wanted you know his friends over. Yeah, absolutely. He invited a few of them. No one showed up. I went. I'm like I'm going. Dad didn't want me to go. He's scared, and he's like, "We're not scared." He's just like worried. Where are you going? <laughs> I told him the guy's name and stuff. He's like, "What? All right, go." <laughs> he heard go the last there, name. He's like, "Oh my god, all right, go." <laughs> and dude, his house was enormous. So we we pull up to the gate, and so the cars like park in the f- like once you get in there, there's like a giant ass like gate, and mm-hmm. I'm talking giant like the size of one of our like halls just no no that's a little exaggerated but it opens up you pull in the car there's like 20 cars right in the front and then you get in a golf cart <laughs> to get to the house no so you way. don't drive your car all the way there you get in a golf cart so we get in this golf cart <laughs> and we get driven like straight up half a mile like inside the the gates all the way until you get to and the you're just a 10 year old kid yelling over oh this yeah house. i'm like 12 or whatever <laughs> And he's just, you know, he's, he's smiling, cracking up. And I'm like, dog, where are we going? He's like, to my place. Like, All right, we're going to your place. Like, I look to the left, there's, like, a soccer field. I look to the right, there's, like, a tennis field, tennis court, all sorts of crap. And then we get to his house, and there's, like, a giant building. There's two buildings. And then I understand later, straight up, that, like, his dad had two wives. One of them lived in one building. <laughs> the other lived in the other building. Damn. So he cracked my my shit up. He didn't tell me that, but I kind of like figured it out that, over time. Figured that out over time because he said he had two moms that lived there. I'm like, all right, that's why there's like a giant building to the left, one to the right, and yeah. So we, I mean, it was insane. You know, you can go into details, but a lot of it is vague at this point. But did you did you go over there like beyond that point? We went in the house. I spent well, I mean, the like, whole day. Well, I mean, like, like after that day, did you like hang out there at other points in time? Um, so I'll say that I didn't go over to his place again. Actually, we might have been there. To we went there for like birth. He had birthday party every year. I think okay. we'd go to that. But he wow. wouldn't like. He would do so many outdoor things. We don't even go to the house. It's huge, dude. You go. It's like a city. Like Probably each like a little soccer field. Each each like uh. uh side like, of the like bi- like a college campus kind of yeah or? like it's it's bigger than missouri state's area like, but it's shit. not as many buildings you know uh-huh. but like so you'd ha- we'd go there and he'd usually do it on like where the grass pitches he'd put like a you know, jumping castle like pool crap like that uh-huh. he'd have he'd literally bring burger king mcdonald's like baskin robbins to the house like they'd have stands like literally like bro we'd be super like we like we'd wait all weekend to go and eat fast food because fast food was like special at that point there right (laughs) he'd have these stands there but yeah that was like the only other time i went there but yeah i mean how long were you friends with this guy seven years really yeah wow six six seven you guys like kind of part ways in high school? Dude, yeah, I know. My dad moved me to like an American school. Like uh, when I say American, it's just like it's just not. It's a American, American curriculum. Curriculum. School. Okay. And so and I that moved, started in high school. Yeah, and he got. So this is like your best friend in grade school. For sure, yeah. <laughs> one of them. That I had crazy. Another, I two more. Yeah, we were like a group of four, but he was definitely one of them. I didn't, but see, I was so young. I didn't really think of that as like a big deal. Yeah. Right. Right. It, it's cool, and I mean. 
What we were your just, parents we were, saying? Like, have you talked to you about like have you talked about this since with your parents? Like, how crazy that really was. It's crazy, but you're in a country that's small enough to where that's it's not insane. You know, it's like there's a million locals. That's it. Uh-huh. And the royal family is like in, in thousands. So, you you can you know meet like people like that. It's not impossible. It's not like being in America and like chilling with Trump's son or something. Right, right. Even though this is actually like But still the probability is crazy. It's low. crazy. That's it's still super crazy. But when you're when you put your kids in like that kind of school, you're you're around all these kids that are like connected. Yeah. I mean if it wasn't him it'd be someone else. Like there was schools in Dubai and Abu Dhabi Kuwait and stuff. They had kids yeah. yeah. I went to the Khan Sahib family, the construction company, Afsar family. Yeah, these guys are richer even. They're not like royal family, but they're like I mean Well more wealthy. Yeah, wealthy like they this Hamdan Attar guy, he had his own like little gaming like castle, you can say. They call it the Majlis, you know, Majlis, whatever. Literally fucking huge screens everywhere and like you and know, he was, what, grade cafes? four, like, probably? No, we were in a grade seven and eight. Eight, seven, and eight. Time. And uh, he had literally, like, a whole gaming room where everyone used to go play Wolfstein. Just go to his yeah. And, like, literally just black out. It's so funny. Games. If you if you like, know the right people, if you know the right people, like, you don't even have to spend a, a single dollar and you'll have the most crazy experiences yeah, in the world. Wow. Just <laughs> 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 to bring all these food, like, games, everything. I'm like, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Dude, my one Big friend, he was nothing, like, special, but his dad was, he owned this uh, equestrian. Is, is that Horses. the word? Is that hor- yeah, yeah, equestrian slash shooting slash rugby slash something golf club. It was this facility that was huge, like, insanely big, and it had four different, like, sectors. And it would you'd go in and there's like miles and miles of things, but because his dad owned it, we would literally go in and it's a really expensive like facility to be a member of because it had like golf, shooting, um, rugby and r- horse riding, so it's all these like nice, fancier things to do, and we would not like do, we'd just like I'd be with him so they'd know he's a kid <laughs> and we'd do whatever we want uh-huh. every day all day. Like, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so you just have to have like a like a friend that like you know and then you just you're good <laughs> and just by just by chance making friends with people that you like genuinely yeah. like too. i mean he was my classmate he was another classmate but uh-huh. that's how you you meet him through a different way you can meet him in the, playing soccer in the neighborhood yeah true yeah things like that you know usually not but not in the neighborhood that's either. insane <laughs> the only thing i can relate this to is like i feel like i came down here to mis- like most state and i don't know like pretty much everybody in like like I did the whole fraternity thing and most of the people I met were like, you know, just like pretty much very similar to my exactly, life and yeah. stuff. And I, I find that cool. But like my friend went to Mizzou and he, he had a pledge brother that was, he had one who his dad owned a very large portion of the stocks in like the power bar, like the protein bars. Oh really? Oh. Yeah. So he had one guy and I think See he had a here. place down in like Miami and then a place in Chicago and then maybe even San Francisco too. And then he had another friend in his pledge class that he was adopted, adopted into the McDonald's family and is going to, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. See, I think and, it's more, to me, it's more impressive to be like super successful here than there. Just really? that's me because here you have to like work, work your butt off. I think personally, unless uh-huh. you get it like her, heredity. Uh, but I think there it's like, 
it's ridiculous. You're born into it all the time. You right. Shit. But here, like, I think it's super cool to like, you know, know these successful people because you can learn from what they did and how, what the path they took to success rather than like, oh, well, my dad's this. Um, yeah. But I mean, also like where we live, you know, we're in Springfield. You're not going to expect much. Like, let's be honest, because if you go like, let's say you grew up in Hollywood in that area, uh-huh. Beverly Hills, whatever, you're probably going to meet these people. Oh, my dad's like Tom Cruise's brother. More common. <laughs> more common. Yeah. <laughs> Something like, yeah. Something cool. Well, we have uh, Brad Pitt. It's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. I think his brother here. But like anybody who's like famous like that they're getting out of springfield yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough yeah it's funny because you guys are talking about this like it's like no big deal and it's just like it it's crazy well, to me. it's it's super cool at first but then you're like it's not it's not mine you know uh, it's yeah, always yeah. gonna be like my friends and i mean it's fun to live with you know and experience it but at the end of the day sure, you want to yeah. you want to do your own thing right oh absolutely like, absolutely he was my friend but now like it doesn't mean anything i mean uh, i'm sure if i saw him again you know uh, we'd we'd kick it, but like in the end of the day, I have to work on myself. So yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, maybe the same thing here. Like yeah, we had a rich friend here as well, but it's just it's just really interesting. That's that's really yeah. It's a smaller world there. That's the thing. Like, yeah, it's a very small place. Okay. Very small. Very very small. <clears throat> so it's like if you mention a name, it can be known very easily, like a family name or something, back there, as opposed to here, like not really. Like Dubai, I I know everyone everywhere. A lot of money in a small place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just that's how it ends up feeling like. But, yeah. A lot of. I like that shirt. Thanks, dude. Reminds me of uh, Nickelodeon a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I love Nickelodeon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, this is my party shirt. Do you guys have any, any anything else to talk about? We talked about quite a few things. Yeah, um, I feel like we did. I don't even know how long we went. I think two hours. Two hours? Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Two Wait, hours? Seriously? So, like an hour 45 almost. Yeah. Holy crap. Or hour 40. Damn, that doesn't feel like it. Dude, we didn't. Like, wow. I don't even think we got. If you start just going from Touch one thing base. to the other, you can barely, like, we got touched based on, on a lot of things. On, yeah, on Dude, I literally thought we were going 45 things. minutes. <laughs> usually, usually I ask people because I feel like I have a decent sense of, like, how long we're going. And I, I always ask people at the end, I'm like, how long do you think we went? And they'll be like, oh, I don't know, 20 or, like, maybe, like, 30 minutes. And then I'd be like, no, hour and a half, bitch. Ha, I got you. But, like, <laughs> that got me. Like, you know? <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I mean, you got two people that – you just got us rolling talking about our childhood because we were both kind of raised in this, the same country. Not kind of. We were. Uh-huh. And then we also have, like, quite a bit of uh, similar, you know, views of, like, back home, life here, international, mm. like, things, you know, that are going on. And so these topics can be talked about. Just get the ball rolling. That's, that's what I was saying, like, like <laughs> yesterday because everybody always asks, they're like, Hey, what are we gonna talk about? What topics do you have? I'm like, honestly, like I go like with I the said, flow. Yeah, go with the flow. And, yeah. and a lot of people like have a hard time with that at first. Yeah. You guys, you guys were pretty cool about it, by the way. But I, yeah. a lot of people, I'll like tell that to, you and they're like, "Well, can you at least write down like six or seven things?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, trust me. Like, like 
we if we yeah, get like two or three good topics, we'll we'll be good. Yeah. Just missed a few beers. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I actually had some beers upstairs, and I was thinking about offering you guys, but I completely <laughs> it completely slipped my mind. It's fine. I've been drinking too much. Dang, anyway. if we were <laughs> having a drink, this would. You gotta work. See, at co- eight. conversations are nice, and then but when they become turn into like uh, debates, arguments, then they get like quite fun, and they take time and get heated. Yeah. I, I enjoy I, I enjoy debating, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I, I don't have any like viewpoints that I'm like super passionate about defending though. Yeah. You no, know? I don't I, I like to it used to be like that for me, but when I moved to the States I started becoming much more open to hearing both sides, assessing it in a very neutral way and then like kind of like you know, choose like seeing one side as as the more appropriate, but I never like have a strong ass passion towards like one thing instantly. Totally. Like, Absolutely. You know, I used to though. I used to like, based on what I hear parents or family or friends or whatever it is or media instantly would put me in like that path. But right now, like I'll hear something like abortion, you know, dude, that's literally what I was thinking. That's like, literally, something I like have this, an opinion it, on like, I'm pro choice personally, Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. But like I see the pro life side like yeah. so much. No, no, no. I so mean, it's not like when you see when you hear how it how, what it what it is like the procedure of actually like aborting a kid, you, you're like, holy, okay, no pro life. But mm. then you think of the like a woman and her body and the the the, the potential life that this kid might have, the misery he might be born into, and then you're like, no, like you gotta let the woman have her choice because. And let's say that man isn't with her anymore. She has no support. This kid's going to be born into crap and it's not going to be good pretty much, which is like a shit ton of like kids like in the States. Absolutely. You know, that makes you instantly realize like, no, you, you can't like let that happen as awful as, as it's that's unethical like, in itself. Know, I, it's agree. Unethical. I agree. Why would you want someone to be born into the streets? Like, and, and like, and not wanted like you pay that feeling of not being wanted their yeah, entire lives. Yeah, and not having like, see, that's when I I get pissed because here, it's like your choice to like, uh, to raise a kid, you know, like, in a good way versus like, not have any sort of financial like stability to do anything about it. Like, so what I mean is that like, let's say you know you can barely support yourself, mm-hmm. then why have a kid? Because if you have a kid, this kid's gonna have an awful like childhood. Yeah. Unless some sort of miracle happens, which is most likely not going to happen. And then we know this bad childhood for the kid is going to pave the path for bad adulthood. Yeah. Most likely. This bad adulthood is what creates a lot of the criminal like state in our country, like in here, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, since they're kids, they're they're seeing like the bad lifestyle, the, the one where you have to like do shitty things to survive and in the parent shouldn't they have a choice on being able to make a 20-year commitment and realistically like like having a kid is longer than a 20-year commitment it's not just that it's like it's like a responsibility that you're you're committed to them but you also have to like you can't just barely feed them to just live like you gotta, you gotta be, give you, them gotta, a life. you gotta be full in you gotta be all yeah. in you gotta and be if all you're in. not ready you, you know you, if someone gets knocked up like that's not fair on the woman is what mm-hmm. i mean because the dude can dip out mm-hmm. he can be an unknown unless you know whatever but yeah 
the procedure is the one thing that really messes messed with me i heard a doctor like describing it depends on what stage but it's disgusting it's but at the end of the it's day you know it's, it's it's not a live person like you know he it's a cell whatever it is until he develops into something you know with a beating heart and ultimately, too, people are going to find a way. If somebody doesn't want something to happen, they are going to find a way to make it. Yeah. To terminate it. Dude, like, if you don't want it, to, that's the thing. You, you might as well just keep that it. Word. That did not feel good. Yeah, I didn't, like, <laughs> I didn't like using that when it came out. I was going to say, I mean, like, if, if they don't want to do it the safe way with a procedure. They'll figure it out themselves. They'll figure it out, and then they're, they're, they'll hurt themselves. You know, They'll yeah. do something crappy unhealthy the woman might could permanently damage their ovary yeah, stick in a fucking whole clanger <laughs> yeah they die sometimes yeah so yeah, if, if but it's yeah. if it's known that you can get rid of it and people are inevitably going to do it then they should have a choice and they should have a choice to the the most uh ethical and what's the word i'm looking for sanitary mm-hmm. and just hospitable way to do so for sure Definitely. And I mean, th- that's one of the topics that like I look at and I, uh, I look into quite a bit and then I analyze on both ends. Then I like maybe can make a choice on what I'd like. But there's some things where I'll just wrap it up. I could care, care less about. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I didn't even wrap it up on the pod. Like, let's wrap this thing up. I was like, I was like oh, OK, cool. If you want to end it. Yeah, I mean, but no, no, I'm fine. Yeah. No, honestly, yeah, him. I would, I would agree. That's hilarious because whenever we were talking about like seeing both sides and then like choosing like the most appropriate one, yeah, that's exactly what came to mind was abortion. Yeah, I mean it's a hot topic now in Missouri because they're, I don't know, trying to like, uh, make it illegal or whatever. They're gonna. Try I think they might have done so they're successfully. Banning it. I banned it. I think so. I believe so. I'm not a hundred. So there's like on a St. Louis one, I think, and that's the only one. Oh, really? St. Louis abortion. Like. And also, like, think about this. Like, if you had a kid right now, at least me, I would be like, fuck. Yeah. Like, I would literally be, <laughs> fuck. But, like, if I had a kid in maybe ten. whatever, yeah, five, ten years, like, whatever I'm at that point in my life and I make that choice intentionally, or if I'm at a point, like, I have, like, the finances to support, I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah. Like, it's literally the exact opposite reaction. Like, mm-hmm. so that's my reaction is going to be such a – such an influence on that kid's life mm-hmm. like you like you said because like why why would you if you have that choice then because your your mistake or your choice let's call it a choice but it's uh ultimately it can be a mistake determines that kid's like first decade or two of that's unfair child. to the kid it's un- unfair it's unfair because you're putting you're raising a, a soul into crap like that shouldn't be happening especially in a country like here you know i and get it when they when it happens and Africa and in third world countries where, you know, I get it there. He's going to be born into like a rough life, like life regardless. Mm -hmm. So, but here, like why? But yeah, this is it from Mo and Badri. (laughs) (laughs) The the hand flip. Yeah. Let's get famous. Cool. You guys get any, got any last words? Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you guys came out. This is cool. This is cool. All Springfield sees this. Oh, they will. Too many people. Too many for your liking, probably. (laughs) Oh, Oh, well. Well, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wraps it up. Bam. Cool.